found in Psalm 91. And it's the first verse in Psalm 91. While you're standing, I want to say it is a great honor to stand before you. I love my church. I've been in attendance now for oh, 21, wow, 26 years. And uh, this church is the best church that I've ever been to. It has the best people. Amen. And I give honor to my pastor and my bishop, as always. I give honor to this great ministry team. I'm thankful that they're not like me and I'm not like them. Because God has given each a special anointing. And I'm very, very honored to be in their presence tonight. Amen. Amen. Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Tonight I just want to teach, preach, talk about the dwelling place. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to bless this sermon. Savior, we love you. We thank you, God. We ask you, Lord, that you bless, Lord, these lips of clay. Bless the hearer tonight. Lord, let the seed go forth and fall on good ground that would bring forth fruit in its season. Lord, I pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice and beyond these four walls. Let the anointing break the yoke tonight. These things I ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Amen. Amen. The dwelling place. There's many types of dwelling. What is a dwelling? It's simply... Um, defined as a place of residence where you reside, a dwelling place. And uh, it's interesting to note the many types of dwelling places there are. And you can start just with homes alone. Excuse me. With homes alone, there's all different types of houses and there's all different types of apartment types. Um, there's many different names for types of homes and residences like bungalow or cottages. There's mobile homes. Igloos are a type of home or a type of dwelling. There's duplexes and log cabins and, and there's castles. There's mansions. There, there are stilt houses. Got to go to Peru and, and uh, we were in a stilt house. And the reason the stilt houses exist is because when the Amazon floods, you have to build high and above the river. But in the dry season, you live on a stilt house. I won't forget the experience of going into a church built on a stilt house uh, because we had a little worship service in there. And I started jumping and shouting. And Brother Braver said, oh, wait a second, Brother Brock, you're moving the stilt house. <laughs> uh, but all these dwelling types are interesting, and there's benefits in living in each one of them. Um, homes, for example, that are built on concrete foundations, they're different. The plumbing's different than homes built on raised foundations. And there's different types of problems that come with homes that are connected to uh, a, a city sewer versus those that have septic tanks, dwelling places have different, uh, different amenities, different dwelling places, different amenities. You can't put an igloo in the desert for the obvious reason. But in the Arctic, igloos are comfortable and warm and will last a long time. 
Um, it's just a place of residence. It's just a dwelling. They all offer types of shelter, different types of shelter, different types of structures. Recently, just, just a couple of days ago, my mom lives in a mobile home, and it's different than an insulated home. And you will know the difference very quickly in the summer because if you live in a mobile home in the summer without as much insulation as a regular home, it gets very hot in that home. And so we made sure that everything was working to keep her temperature in the house down. It's a lot different to do that in a mobile home. I don't know if any of you have ever done electrical work, you electricians, in a mobile home. It's very scary. The wiring's very different than it is in a residence. It's sometimes scary because multiple people have wired and rewired and put things in that type of dwelling and you never know what you're getting yourself into. And so this was kind of the case at my mom's house. Um, but there's different types of, of locations and efficiencies of the home in these dwelling places. There's different types of protection. There's different types of materials in a dwelling place. But a dwelling place brings something to us. Every one of us have a place that we go to where we're comforted, where we're relaxed, where we feel safe, where we feel like this is home, this is where I dwell, this is where I protect my family. Some of you go through great um, 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 measures to put locks on your door to protect your family at your dwelling place. And you check the locks twice at night, and you make sure the windows each have, have locks. And, and it just depends where you live. It depends on where your dwelling place is. If I live on the east side or where Brother Nate grew up, I'm going to make sure that the doors are locked probably two or three times. But if you were raised in the Midwest like me, we would leave for a couple of days with our front door open with just a screen door closing and, and people would come and feed our dogs but nobody would tamper with our belongings. Your dwelling place is, is a place that you can go to that you adapt to and there's a reason why I choose to live here. There's a reason why I live here. I love Bakersfield and I know that in July it's probably hard to say that you love Bakersfield but if you grew up the way I grew up, I've lived here longer than I've lived Anywhere, It's actually a great place in California. It's more of a conservative land here in Bakersfield and Kern County. It's very centrally located, and, and that really means a lot because right now, just two and a half hours away, our pastor's enjoying the coast and, and the weather there because it's just a hop, skip, and a jump over the mountains. I really like the location of Bakersfield. You can go down to L.A. You don't have to stay there. You can come back home to Bakersfield and live in a nice area. I, I like where I live. It's my dwelling place. It's a place that I'm proud of. My home is a place that I'm proud of. You should make your dwelling a place that you're proud of. And you should always be striving to make it better, to perfect it, to keep it safe, to protect it, to keep intruders from coming to it. Because it's where you reside. It's where your blessings come from. It's where you're fed. It's where you grow, your dwelling place. And the world certainly has its own idea of places to reside, its own dwelling places. Society has its own dwelling places and its own pedestals. They have casinos and they have bars and their sports arena. These are the dwelling places 
of the carnal. There are strip clubs and places where young people shouldn't go. These are the dwelling places of carnality and the enemy of our soul. They try to promote these kind of places. But this isn't where you want to raise a family. And this isn't where you want to go to at night, every night. Because behind the facade of happiness and behind the facade of victory, there is defeat and there is sadness. And there are people that are crying out for help because their dwelling place is one that doesn't lead to an ultimate state of protection or security or happiness. I can say that there are dwelling places even on a social front, social networks like Instagram and Facebook, and I'm not here to preach against those kind of things. I'm pretty sure this audience is mature and knows our stand, but there is a social media dwelling place where they're just trying to bring down people with a false reality. And can I just say this? You need to live the life you're preaching on Instagram in real life. Hello? You need to live the life you're professing of happiness on social media in the house of God. I'm tired of seeing quotes and quotes and quotes and quotes. Come on, are you really living that? You're posting 500 quotes a day, but are you really living it? Let's live life, hallelujah, like we're professing it to be. Let's live it based on the word of God. But social media has a dwelling place that can destroy and that can tear down and that can ruin. It says that the addiction, social media addiction, is a reality for many, especially those that are Younger research shows that individuals with pre-existing depression or pessimism are more likely to feel envy and depression when they access social media and when they view the seemingly perfect lives of others. They get depressed because they start comparing themselves to what they see living on social media. So-and-so is always happy. So-and-so just bought this new thing, and they're going to this new place, and they're with these happy people, and they start comparing themselves. Look how many likes they got. Look how, look how popular they are, and all of a sudden depression sets in, and even the thoughts of suicide, and even the thoughts of wanting to get rid of themselves and, and life in general, all because of a platform or all because of a dwelling place that isn't real. Can I say if you're a young person today, don't dwell on those places. Don't put your mind there. Don't put your heart there. That isn't where real happiness is. Where real happiness is, is in the house of God, is around the people of God, is involved in the work of God. Where real happiness is, is starting to help those that really are depressed and those that are really are facing the struggles and troubles of life. That's where you find true happiness, is doing the work of God and finding the dwelling place where the Lord dwells. Amen. Amen. Spiritual dwellings are real too. The book of Daniel says that now when Daniel knew in chapter 6 verse 10 that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel knew what it was to have a place of prayer. 
He felt secure when he was praying. He knew who he was talking to. He knew that there was protection in that dwelling place. Even though all of the power that was given him and the rank that he had, the status that he attained, it was threatened by some envious friends who desired to take Daniel down. And Daniel didn't let any of the, any of the negativity destroy him. But instead, he knew where he stood. Instead, he knew what was going to propel him. He knew who was going to take care of him. And so not once, not twice, but faithfully three times a day, Daniel went back to that dwelling place of prayer, and he talked with the Lord. And trouble did come that could have caused him to fall. There was, there was an arrest because he had broken law and because the king has signed a decree that you cannot break this law. Daniel was taken into custody, and he was thrown into a pit with some fearsome beasts. But because he knew where he dwelled, and he knew the God he served, and he visited it often, this place of prayer, God was able to take him from what seemed like total dismay and total destruction into a place of preservation, and all of his enemies round about him, and even the potential enemies, the families, the daughters, the sons, the wives of those that were going to persecute Daniel, they were thrown in the pit with the hungry lions, and we have a victor named Daniel, because he knew what it was to go back to that place where there was safety to that place where God heard him to that place that never let him down to that place that originally brought him and elevated him and exalted him to his position in the kingdom of God hallelujah oh we should never neglect, neglect prayer I'm thankful for pre-service prayer I believe there's a power of God in this place because there was some people with a made up mind that said I'm going at 7 o'clock to the well and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to move. I know it's hot outside and I know many of us work. Some of us have even labored in the heat, but you came to the house of God today and today there is a refreshing because you knew where your dwelling place was. You knew where God was. Hallelujah and is. Let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Daniel knew how to get on his knees and pray. Such an easy thing to do. But I'm scared to say that it is a forgotten art. And we must, we must every day show this generation what it is to pray. Moms, dads, our children need to hear your prayers. Elders, you've been here a long time. I need to hear your prayers. I need to see your tears. And I need to know what it is to cry unto God when I'm weak and when I'm feeble or when I'm strong when everything isn't going my way or when everything is going my way. I need to be shown what it's like to pray. Thank you, Daniel, for your testimony. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to, pro to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. If there's ever a verse that becomes more real as I age, it's and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I see the day approaching. I see a day of evil on the horizon where man is waxing worse 
There is no promise of hope in politicians. There is no promise of hope of peace in the men of this world that do not, do not have God in their life. But in the house of God, where we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, there is restoration, and there is peace, and there is a promise, and there is a better hope for tomorrow. Hallelujah. This is my dwelling place, the house of the Lord. I'm not going to forsake the assembling of myself here with my family in the midst of a creator. I'm going to come to the house of the Lord. I'm thankful that we have a midweek service and a youth service and a Sunday morning service and a Sunday night service. Do you think that's too many services? No, I don't because there is a day approaching that is evil and I'm not going to forsake this. This is my house. This is where I find comfort. This is where the Holy Ghost comes in and changes my direction. This is where healings take place. I don't want to forsake the assembly of myself together. Oh, I'm thankful for the house of God. I'm thankful for truth today. Hallelujah. Buy the truth and sell it. Now, where are you going to find truth? You're going to find it when you assemble in the house of God and the man of God steps behind the pulpit with a fiery burden and preaches what does saith the Lord. I want to hear what the Lord says and it's going to come by not forsaking the assembly. This is where I dwell. Sin is a dark place. Mark chapter 5 talks about the legion, a man that was bound with fetters and chains often. The Bible says he had his dwelling among the tombs. He had his dwelling among the tombs. And oftentimes he was crying and he was cutting himself with stones. He lived in a place that was full of oppression, full of pain, that offered no hope for tomorrow, that offer no freedom. We can find ourselves in these kind of places, crying, spiritually cutting ourselves, hurting ourselves, amongst the tombs, living where there's death. You don't need to go where there's death. You need to find life. You need to find life and that more abundantly. There's a reason why the city that is on a hill cannot be easily hid. That city is the church, and that is because there's a light in the church. You can't put a light under a bushel, but you have to shine it. You have to shine it bright, and we have the light today. We don't have to be in darkness. We have the truth today. You need to be drawn to the light because it's here that you can find freedom and peace and long-lasting hope. Hallelujah. He had his dwelling among the tombs. Oftentimes he was crying. Oftentimes he was bringing pain to him, his own self. They tried to bind him. The Bible says they could not, even with chains, even with fetters. The demonic possession and oppression that was within him, the dwelling place that he went to, all of this. He had the ability to break chains and, and uh, go hide in the darkness. But one day the light came into his life. When Jesus got out of the boat and went on from the other side of the Gadarenes to where this man was dwelling, and he met him and freed him and gave him liberty, and no longer did he have to go back to that dark place. Today, I am preaching the same Jesus. Jesus is here. You don't have to be in a dark place. It's elementary, my friend, I know, but all you have to do is get out of the tombs. Brother Jerry Carter, when he preached, he said, you got to get out of the tombs where the dead people live. I'll never forget that message. 
Brother Jerry Carter preached. But it's true. you got to get out of the tombs. you got to pull yourself out of a place of darkness. you got to quit dwelling where the enemy of your soul resides and come to the house of God. The best time to come to the house of God is when you do not feel like it. I have found that when I'm the most tired, when I come home from a hard day's work, I don't want to come to church. My flesh doesn't want to come to church. I don't want to push myself. I, I just want to take a nap. And so the mind says, you go to church enough, what's one day? What's, what's one day? And I have to learn that I have to defeat that spirit. I'll tell you what drives me crazy. This is a side note. I hate it when I have to miss church and then I watch it on the website and church is just popping. People are shouting. The choir's on it. The musicians are hitting it. Everybody's just going. I have, you can ask me. I'm miserable when I have to miss church. I don't like not being here, even though I might have been sick and I had to stay home. I don't know if you feel that way, but this is where I want to be. This is where my soul longs to be. My flesh may not feel like it, and it may be hard to get here, but this is what my spirit desires, the house of God, to be with the people of God, to be in an atmosphere where people of light, precious faith are worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's where God is. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. That's a promise. That's a promise. If there are two people in this house that are here gathered in his name, then God's here. I want to be where the Lord is. I want to be where the Lord is moving. And so I want to be in this dwelling place. I was at the barber today, and uh, it was interesting. He started talking to me. I had to wait an extra 15 minutes. He was on his phone. I had a 3 o'clock appointment. I didn't sit in the chair until 3.15, but he's, he's a really good barber, and I know he must have been doing something very important, and, and he was because when I sat in the chair, he said, hey, I'm really sorry that I made you wait, but he said, I just got tickets round trip for $144 to Ohio, and I thought, wow, that, that's incredible, and he told me that he had to buy them then, and he was uh, – flying out of uh, LAX, and he was going to Ohio. The first flight was one way. He only had one stop on the way back, and, and uh, apparently he grew up in Ohio, and uh, his mom lives there. He has some cousins there, and he wanted to spend some time. He hasn't been there in uh, over a year because of COVID, and he started talking to me about uh, it's a place that he grew up, and it's a place that formed his character and his outlook on life, and he began to tell me about his friends he grew up with and activities, swimming in the lake and making homemade boats out of wine barrels and rafts and fishing from them. And he said, you know, I got to go back to those places because it's like unlocking a memory. It's like, it's like something I'm losing if I don't get to go back and visit uh, where I came from. It helps me define me who I am, the places I used to live. And, uh, and I started telling him, you know, we're getting ready to go to a peak conference. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my family, we're leaving next week, and we're going up there. We're spending a few extra days before the conference in the Bible quiz tournament. And uh, I grew up in that area. I grew up about an hour and a half away from Tulsa. And I started telling him one of the main things that we're excited about in this trip, my family, my boys, and, and my daughter, and, and, and my wife, is going to all the places that I grew up. And uh, 
and for those of you who have known me, I've moved a lot of times in my life. Brother Bryce Cosme is here. You might hear a repeat, Brother Cosme, of some uh, notes of my sermon. But uh, uh, I used to tell the young people about all of the places that I used to live and, and how many times I've moved in my life. And most of the cities that I grew up in were, were in this area, and I will name a few. Joplin, Missouri, Pitcher, uh, Oklahoma, Miami, Oklahoma, North Miami, Oklahoma, Baxter Springs, Kansas, Neosho, Missouri, Girard, uh, Kansas, Pittsburgh, Kansas, Racine, Missouri, and Commerce, Oklahoma. There's just 10 places I grew. I, I lived in those places uh, just about an hour to three hours away from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my, my children have never seen the places that I dwelled in, the homes that I lived in. And, and uh, they've never seen uh, my father's grave. They've never met him. They've never met that side of the family, some relatives I had. And so I wanted to take them to show them some things that this is where I used to live. This is the old life. This is, this is where I used to dwell. These are the people I used to hang out with. These are the things that I used to do. These are, these are the sad, these are the happy moments of my life, but this is where God took me from. This is a place that helped bring me to where I'm at. I'm no longer in this state of living in confusion and always moving and never having a permanent place and never having... Uh, a, a stability, but the, the, these are the areas that I used to know. These are the dwelling places that I was familiar with. And uh, God wants to take you from a place and bring you and establish you and put your feet on a solid rock and show you what stability is. And I can see testimonies in this room where your life was disarrayed and it was full of, of, of confusion, but God took you from that place and He has established you. The scripture said, He set your feet upon a rock. I'm thankful for the rock of my salvation today and the stability that I have in the house of God. What a testimony we have today in the house of God that he has given us security. In the Bible, you will read about a person who left his security, who had everything going for them, and then they decided that this isn't where they should be. Luke chapter 15 said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the father divided unto this man his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, he there wasted his substance with riotous living. He left that dwelling place of safety. He left that place where God had established him. And he squandered everything that he had. He spent all that he had. And when he had spent everything he had, it didn't get better. But the Bible says that there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed swine. And when he had fain and filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, he came to the realization, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. This prodigal son realized what it was to be in a place that wasn't good to dwell in. He had it all. 
And when he came to his senses, he knew that I had left something that was very precious. But he made up in his mind. He said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the father's house. And I'm going to confess that I am wrong. And I'm not going to ask for anything other than just let me serve in your kingdom. Let me be a servant in the house of my father. This was his attitude. And this is what he wanted. He already understood that he spent everything that was supposed to have been given him. So he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son no more than got these words out of his mouth and said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father interrupts him, it seems. The father is just glad that he's home, that he's back in the dwelling place. The father realizes this young man has come to his senses and he's ready to come back home. And he interrupts him, it seems. And he said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. We're going to have a party. Let's eat. God is looking for somebody today to come to their senses. If you're on the precipice of falling away or if you feel like, I don't know what it is about the house of God, I'm drained. I don't feel like this is where I belong. I don't feel like this is where God wants me to be. I feel like I'm just out of place here. Let me tell you, this is where you belong. The Father does not want you to leave the fold. And if you have left, let me tell you, he's just sitting there on his rocking chair on the edge of his seat, looking outside of the, of the porch, looking down the dusty road, waiting for you to come to your senses and waiting for you to come back to the house of God because this is where you belong. This is where you need to dwell. I'm preaching simple faith today on a Tuesday night. I'm thankful for this dwelling place. I'm, this is where I dwell. This is where I want to be. This is where the blessing of God is. I don't want to go outside of these four walls because it doesn't get better. Hallelujah. If I leave truth, it doesn't get better. There will be a famine that comes and there will be pain that comes and there will be hunger. But in the house of God, there is a cleanliness. There is a righteousness. There is a provision. There is a family. And this is where I choose to dwell. Put your hands together and worship him. Musicians, please come. I want to read Psalm 27. We're talking about the dwelling place. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? These are all good reasons why I should dwell with the Lord. We can stop in verse 1 and understand that I don't have to fear when I know the Lord and I have salvation when I know the Lord, and, and I, don't, I don't have to be scared because I know the Lord. Verse 2 says, When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And though an host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want to be in the house of God just to see the glory of God. I, I'm satisfied just residing here and beholding the glory of the Lord and 
to be able to inquire of him in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. And it goes on to talk about the house of the Lord. One verse says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather stand at the door of the temple of the Lord and wash the feet of the saints entering into the house than to go into a tent full of fun but sin for a season, the tents of wickedness. Thank God for the dwelling place today. Thank God for the house of the Lord. Thank God for a place where our children can come to and find rest, where our children can come and grow in the nurture and the admonition of God. Hallelujah. The opening verse, Psalms 91, says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where are you living today? Where are you going for strength and refuge? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to be covered by the shadow of the Almighty. You will be able to say that He is your refuge, your fortress, and your God. In Him can you trust as we stand together in this place. Just for a few moments today, we should honor a King. We should honor a God who has brought us here today. We are not here by chance. We are not here just to hear a pretty sermon. And I'm sorry because if you came for that, I will disappoint you greatly. But we are here today because we're servants of the Most High God. And we're in His kingdom. This is where we dwell. This is what we know how to do. We know that if we come together and we praise Him and we worship Him, and we give Him glory, that there is a power undescribable. There is healing virtue that no doctor can explain. There is salvation today in the house where we dwell. If we lift up our hands just for one more moment in conclusion today, would you worship with me? Would you call on His name? This is our dwelling place. We are gathered together to worship the King of Kings. He shall cover thee with His feathers. Hallelujah. As they sing, let's just worship Him. Hallelujah. If you want to come up to the front just for a few moments, this is the house of God. There is healing here. There is blessing here. There's an answer to a prayer tonight. All you have to do just for a few moments is believe in the dwelling place. Believe in the power of God that is here. Oh, hallelujah. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings, He will. you will have trust. Hallelujah. He will be your shield. And your buckler, hallelujah. Let's worship him. We're in his presence, hallelujah.